sometimes like a negative. You know, there's some, uh, you know, even Paul said, I see through glass darkly. Some things are just not totally perfectly clear, but as, as the journey of life goes on, you know, and uh, it, it becomes more and more clear. And so it could be a picture, it could be a mission in general, or the reason for which something is done, your purpose, why you exist, the intention or objective. Now, there will be a main purpose. There will be many multi-varying streams that flow into that, into your life and the purpose. Did we get that up yet? Or still working on it? Not a problem. Uh, that's all right. Oh, there we go. To everything has a season. Snow looks like it's out of season, doesn't it? Yes. Go with my calendar, it is. But And a time for every purpose under heaven. A fantastic, amazing, you know, all-encompassing, balancing you know, word, word. It was the Isaiah the prophet that said in Isaiah 40 and 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. So it looks like he's encouraged us to find the temple of God, the pace of God, the season of God. And he says that, that as a result of doing that, you'll find some amazing strength. There will be some fresh currents, you know, that you're going to experience that's going to carry you higher. Whenever you get carried higher, you get a better perspective. I think the, those with age this morning, and this is not a put down of those that are young, but with age, we get a better perspective. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. There's a season to everything and a time for every purpose under the sun. The next one. There are many plans in a man's heart. I mean, you know, the mind and heart's pretty busy, isn't it? Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that's what will stand. At the end of it all, when it comes out out of the, quote, as we say, the wash. Wash. <laughs> My grandkids always say, what do you say wash for? <laughs> I've said it all my life, you know what I mean? Go wash your hands, all right? Uh, anyway. It comes out that the ultimate is that God plans to stand. There's a word of the Lord in Exodus chapter 9 verse 16 regarding Pharaoh. And 
Pharaoh mistakes, mistakenly thinks that he's in control. But yet the word says that God put him in place for a very specific purpose. The ultimate was that the glory of God. Imagine this heathen is actually, you know, a pawn in the hand of God to be a display of the glory of of God. Yeah. God has a clear vision for your life, and he, he's the giver of purpose in every life, whether they live for him or not. It's Philippians chapter 2, and Paul's writing, says, For it's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, or to act, it says in another translation, to fulfill his good purpose. We know that God wants us saved. He wants us healed. He wants us set free. He wants to disciple us. He wants us equipped. He wants us empowered, and he wants us serving us. And he says that he works everything so that it comes together. In other words, he structures everything to fulfill his purpose. Structures it. Isn't long we discover that God is a God of fresh starts, new beginnings. Even we witness it this morning in the new sunrise, and though it's got some clouds covering it, how many know the sun did get up and shined, and it was sunrise at like six forty-four. And it broke forth in our, our area. So from the sunrise to the changing of seasons and to the passing of years. Brand new opportunities and beginnings. See, purpose is something you're waiting for. You're waiting to discover it. You have some insight concerning it, but it only becomes more fully revealed and discovered as you take the journey. <coughs> and your purpose is where that, where your gifts, your talents, that place where it's needed. There is, of course, a cooperation in steps and purposes, but, and the first one might be that we must prepare. Prepare.
Life can get frustrating. Anybody ever had a frustrating day? Thank you. Yeah. It sometimes can get discouraging when it seems like it's going nowhere. Or you don't identify it as, you know, part of the higher purpose of of God. Sometimes it's not so much about the circumstances as is it about the inward you. We find in society that those that are just working to pay the bills, and of course that is an obligation to keep a roof over your head, clothes on your back, and all of those things can become a grind. Even retirement. No offense, retirees. (laughs) You know, if we don't have a higher purpose, that even itself can get empty. And life is not supposed to be something that we just are focused on as, as a survival. Now, God doesn't want your life futile or empty, shallow or pointless, without eternal purpose. He doesn't want you just to be nominal in your life, in your work. And that simply means, you know, just taking a shallow and weak, not really, you know, driving you with energy and excitement. Life must have a purpose. Christian life only works when we really get a hold of God's vision for our lives and fulfilling God's purpose for that life. We can never really truly be happy and satisfied until we really surrender our life to Christ, trusting Him as His Lord. A lot of books written. Why am I here? Some, some of the simple explanations, of course, is, is, you know, we're here to glorify God. Maybe simple, but mighty. Living on purpose with a purpose. It was Daniel whose life took a dramatic turn. And he ends up in a foreign nation, an idolatrous place. And yet at that same time, he's chosen to to have the opportunity to have a very influential position. And because he was aware of his environment, his setting, what went on and how they function and operated, he had to make a decision in his heart. 
And he's going to put it on the table and see what God would do with it. And you know the story. In this case, it was that he would not eat from the table of the king. And the reason he would not eat from the table of the king, because it was offered to idols. It's not a, it's not a vegetarian scripture. Because it was offered for idols. And so he goes ahead and says, in purpose in his heart, that, you know, I can't go there. And so in wisdom, he makes a plan and gives an opportunity. And it says that when Daniel made this purpose in his heart, he was going to live on purpose with a purpose. God gave him favor. Gave him favor. It's an amazing thing. Brought him into favor. And you know the story of Daniel. If you've sat in the church or in Sunday school or in preaching. And how many times he was the key man to bring forth the deliverance that was there, the blessing that God had planned. And to prevent things from even, even happening. Discovering your God-given purpose. You know, it was Solomon who wrote about the need in the steps to God-given purpose. And he tells us that he had searched And he went ahead and made learning the full focus of his life. Then he said, I'm going to go ahead and, and he found it empty. Then he said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a look at pleasure. And so because of the means and the power and the position that he had, those things were at his disposal. And when he pursued pleasure to its fullest degree, he come up empty. It's Something's missing. He said, I'm going to also try to do some great accomplishments, things that stand out in my name and that can, you know, really go ahead and, and, and you know, uh, kind of give myself a name. Well, you did that. Yet when he got done, he said, I'm still empty. It didn't seem to be my real purpose, even though I did it. And he also went ahead and walked down the pathway of a successful career. And yet when that period of time was over, he said, that's not it. He even tried popularity and fame. He also discovered that wealth wasn't really the... didn't produce exactly what you would think it would. 
didn't seem to have that, that niche for life. Oh, it probably had its moments, but it always ended up somehow running out. Then he, he really, too, tried this element of being a forward thinker. Now, not all those that he tried out, you know, it's, it's, it's not that his, his, you know, that was really anything wrong with them, but they really weren't the purpose. And, and you know the story that he says in chapter 12, verse 13. He says, after all of this searching and after all of these efforts and after all of these pursuing things, I've discovered something. The whole purpose of mankind is to stand in awe of God, to fear God, to recognize the the majesty of him. And no matter where I am successful, no matter what may, I may have accomplished, no matter the position that I may hold, the honor that may be given to me, the purpose for my life, the duty of all mankind is to fear and honor the Lord. So the principle of no matter what I'm doing and what I in my role in life is, is that to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. That you're so, you're so amazed at God and in God that you're just, you fall into obedience. To fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. Choose. And so be encouraged this morning. If you've chosen Christ, you're on the right track. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. That's not the track you're on because you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, you're reaching out to him. And, you know, not that there's not conflicting. And, you know, and at times, you know, it seems very cloudy. When I was growing up, there was a song that he sang, There's a highway to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the door. When we begin to and have surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, he begins to reorder our life around his word and his will. And that's how he gets us into our purpose of life. That's the method that he uses to get us aligned to his agenda.
And when you begin to, when you discover it, you can fight it. Or you can rest in it. But when you find it and recognize it, there's a zeal for living. There's a power that comes along with that purpose and vision that God has given to you and has for your, for your life. That life purpose it gives you a chance to live beyond your own limitations. It gives you that opportunity to love, to sacrifice, and to give to others, to imitate God and to be conformed into his image. We read the scripture, there are many plans in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord shall stand. But the beauty in why to discover purpose, because then it gives us an opportunity to make that all of our decisions then have an influence point. A gauge, so to speak. God offers us a future and fulfillment. But, but Oliver Wendell Holmes said this. Now, this is not a Bible quote, but it, you know. You ever heard any wisdom outside of church? Absolutely. He said this, most people go, go to their graves with their music still inside and unplayed. In purpose, there's music. At least to your soul. At least to your life. Of course, there's sacrifice and there's service and all of that, but... the ultimate result. So that when we discover our purpose, it also can lead to impact. Impact. And not just living for your own pleasure, and even for your own purpose, because your purpose is never just alone for you. It's for others also. It's a stairway. I call it the stairway of change that's necessary to walk in your purpose so that it makes an impact. But change is not always fun. But it's always necessary. See, when God 
began his work in you, he did a major change. He changed your heart. So I'm going to take out the heart of stone and I'm going to put in a heart of flesh. In other words, that's a heart now that it comes allegedly to be able to write in it, etc. If you understand what I'm saying there. But change is often disruptive and at first it's not welcome. There's a man in the Bible that knew something about change. Finding purpose and walking in that purpose and that is Abraham. Yeah, he had to give up family, give up his homeland, give up that was familiar for the new that will be. Sometimes old things have to pass away. that there might be new. Now, I want the Holy Spirit to take that into your life because, you know what I mean, talking about our new life, etc., our old life passes away, our new life, but I find these things to be principles in life. I'm so glad that Abraham was willing to change. And when God orchestrates that change, he includes the promise of blessing. Now, Abraham, I want you to get to leave, to get out of the city, and just start walking. That's the faith. Where am I going? I don't know. All right now, all you're doing right now is leaving. <laughs> That's all you're doing right now, Abraham, is leaving. But it does turn you in the right direction. What I have in store for you is not in the place of your now. It's in the place of your tomorrow. And so when then God gives him that promise or God gives him that, that command, you know, Abraham now has a choice. He has a choice. Yeah. Purpose is always, to fulfill, your, to fulfill your purpose, it always is a choice. And God encourages him and he says, you know what I mean? And begins to paint this picture of the blessing that lies in his Tomorrow. You know the story of Abraham, and while his life was blessed, the, 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 the purpose and the fulfillment of it didn't really come until the end of his life. So change can be difficult, but it has some amazing benefits. Because always when God asks us to give up something, it's because he wants to give you something better. 
The world thinks, and so oftentimes you hear them, they think God is trying to take something away from them. And really all he's trying to get them to, to do is to go to something better. You see, God always has a purpose behind your problem. And invariably, it is for the purpose of you discovering your purpose. Psalms 119.71 says, My trouble turned out all the best for me. There's a quote that says, and it's not mine, but I think it's right. It says, life can be a series of problems solving opportunities. A series of problem-solving opportunities. They're not meant for your defeat. They're meant for your development. The difficulty of change is there, but it teaches us to be flexible. To get you out of ruts. Change in embracing it and meeting it head on with excitement rather than, oh my God. Helps so that you can maintain a a positive attitude. When change comes into your life, it reveals your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah, think about it. It's getting you to grow. It's getting you to expand. It may make you uncomfortable, but something that's to be born in you, that you're going to give birth to, you'll have gestation period and time and then finally, the birthing pains of it and to bring forth what has been growing all the time, the purpose. Hallelujah. In that pruning moment that discomfort zone the reason the pruning is happening is because God's taken you into a new fruitful season now when I say all this I say God I want to get it I want to get it 
Because I don't always look at it that way. (laughs) God's not punishing you. He's preparing you. It's time to trust his plan and not your pain. You can always rest and be confident that God wants more for you than you want yourself. He's such, he's a good, good father. That's who you are. When Jesus Christ came, He was coming for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons he was coming is to kind of, you know, undo the warped picture that they had of God. So when change happens... Yes, it may be at the end of a chapter, but it's also the beginning of a new chapter. Bear with me. When change happens, you can either worry, panic, Become a victim, or you can stand up and see it as a part of a bigger picture. Seeing past the fog of the emotions, the feelings, and see the bigger picture that God wants to give you new eyes to see all of the circumstances from His perspective. Perspective. We can become so blinded by our feelings of helplessness and worry that we actually miss the opportunities that are before us. It is true that in the process of life and discovery and purpose and change, that our heart needs time to repair sometimes. Our heart gets, you know, broken. Our heart gets confused. Our heart gets bewildered. Our heart gets discouraged. But there comes a time when you can't hang on to that too long. Otherwise, you'll become a prisoner of your past and a prisoner of your pain. Change often comes to bring new life into what 
seems to be normal. Change is about training, not failure. It's not changing you because, yes, there was a failure. It's changing you because he's training you. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's what God has put on my heart. God's not against you. He's, he's not trying to, to, to load your life. He's trying to lighten your life. The question we could ask ourselves this morning, are you weak enough for God to use you? This is the only society, the God society, where weakness is welcomed. Weakness is welcomed. So when God wants to use us, he often begins by weakening us. God had a plan for Gideon and fact is, you can take virtually every book of the Bible and summarize it, and sooner or later you will discover that God has to take his man, his woman, and he has to weaken them. Gideon? You got too many with you. He says, I'm going to save you from pride. <laughs> yeah. He told Israel at various times, said, he said, you know, I've got to reduce this thing because you will take the glory to yourself. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> The Apostle Paul went ahead and, and he, he, said, he said, I'm laying all of my strengths down. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, that's, that's, not, that's one of the higher tribes. I sat at the feet of Gamaliel, the greatest teacher of all times. I am a Pharisee of Pharisees. In other words, he belonged to the elite religious. But he said, I'm laying it all down because those strengths, he says, do not work 
Now, he's not saying his gifts do not work. He's not saying his talents do not, do not work. But weak enough to let God use you. So he weakens us. So the good news this morning is, is this, if dependence is the objective, is it not the objective? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Lean not to their own understanding in all the ways acknowledge him and the results will be amazing. Then weakness is an advantage. Somebody give the Lord a praise because you got to get that one in the Holy Spirit this morning. Weakness is an advantage. Come on, Pastor. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. David steps out on the battlefield facing Goliath and he had the weakest weaponry that there is in his hand. But he had the mightiest God that was backing up his weakness because he was willing to give his weakness to the Lord. And when I am weak, then I am strong. It says that the children of Israel, said, they cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard them, and he moved on their behalf. What made them cry? They recognized their weakness. God, you got to help. You got to help. Can you imagine God reducing his army? Maybe what's been going on is God has been reducing your army. Just so he can give you the victory. I don't know. Amen. I asked my musicians to come this morning. It is God that works in you both the will and to do in his good pleasure. God's getting you ready for something. God's getting you ready for something. God has a blessing that's in, in store. When he said to Elijah, listen, he said, I've prepared a blessing for you. And it's at such and such a place. 
And he called that place there. God's always trying to get us to our there because that's where he's provided. That's where he has commissioned the deliverer of the blessing to go. The deliverer of the blessing will always go to there. It is we who have to get to there so that we're there when the blessing comes to there. A lot of times things in the kingdom seem to be upside down and backward. But they always land upright. (laughs) Hallelujah. They always land upright. Is this your season? Is this the time for the divine purpose? For this cause, Jesus comes to his purpose. He's at a decision valley. Many events have have happened. He's had wonderful days and he's had not so wonderful days. Miraculous events. The journey. He, one day at 12 years old, he had to go back home with mom and dad. Even though He knew what he was doing was within the framework of God's will. But it was not the time or the season. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? to one of the churches and excuse me which one because I never looked it up before I came but he said behold I set before you an open door an open door and through that door is your purpose at least the unfolding you're closer to For this cause I came into the world and I'm not going to back away from it. My purpose, your purpose. I want to make a quote to you this morning. It just stood out to me and I, I felt like it was, while it's not a God quote, it captures an amazing thing. And it's this, you miss 100% of the shots you never 
take. You miss 100% of the shots you never take. My grandson is 10 years old and he's played basketball and, and he, he's, he does this traveling team and at the end of his basketball season at this, they had a banquet for him. They begin to talk about this one player. And he gets this plaque, it's called the gunslinger. <laughs> the gunslinger. Why? Because when I'm playing basketball, the idea is to make baskets. It's the one with the points that wins. And so, he did a lot of shooting. <laughs> but you know what else he got? He got a certificate for the player that made the most three-pointers. Oh, because he wasn't afraid to take a chance and shoot. Hallelujah. Yeah, you'll miss some baskets, but I guarantee you that you'll make more baskets than the person that never shoots the ball. I've missed some opportunities in my life that God has set before me. I have. I said no to him. I didn't recognize him. My weakness kept me from it because I hadn't yet saw his strength. So don't let your weakness be your nemesis. It's great to say and talk about and lay on the altar your weaknesses. But then you must follow up with his strength. Take a shot this morning. Take a shot. Father, thank you this morning. Now when I say that, that's where I really want the Holy Spirit to, to, to personalize it. Personalize it. Because I don't know. I don't know. 
I want to encourage you not to wind down, but wind up. You might finish that project that he sent you for, but that's not the finish. How many feel I've had some stirring in your hearts? I felt some uncomfortableness in your life. Or maybe he, he hasn't even been able to get through to you. I don't know. <laughs> How many's got a dream this morning? Is there something that he set before you? Take a shot. Take a shot. Lord, as we leave the house this morning and trying so hard to, to not only find your purpose, but finish your purpose. We thank you for the confidence that you give us that you are working it all out. But yet, in, by and large, the ball is in our hand. And until we shoot it, we won't know if we make it or if we missed it. Now, Lord, nobody wants to miss it. But missing should not frighten us. It should just make us try harder. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. That's what I got. Go with God. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's going to go with you. And the, tomorrow is supposed to be better than today. God bless you.